Thank you for listening to the Roundtable Consult, where we discuss political and social issues that matter to you from a spiritual, medical, and legal perspective. Join the conversation with your host, Attorney Sonia Madison and Dr. Mark Williams. Welcome to the Roundtable Consult. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Williams, and I'm joined by the ever-evolving and wonderfully beautiful (laughs) co-host, Attorney Sonia Madison. I was going to say, I, careful, careful. Always. <laughs> no, ever always. evolving, huh? <laughs> ever evolving. <laughs> don't we all want to be ever evolving? I mean, don't we? You just want to stay the same for the rest of your life? I hope not. I, I take it we will be evolving whether we want to or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said, particularly for you, I hope you don't want to stay the same for the rest of your life. <laughs> there's there's well, much room I mean, for it. Is, it is. Look at you much. I was going to say, when you reach a certain pinnacle of perfection, you just kind of want to hope you can keep that Perfected <laughs> keep delusion. That <laughs> Perfected delusion, you mean. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Our viewers must think you are so arrogant. And, <laughs> and they would be absolutely right. <laughs> I was going to say, but then you open your mouth and they're like, ah, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> he has redefined what that means. <laughs> right. I almost missed you for the past week. Almost. Almost. Just a little bit. But evolution is always a good thing, you know. It's 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 a good thing. I I'm a Christian and I believe in evolution. So we we must evolve as people. Unfortunately, a lot of times we wind up devolving. And and I think that's what we're witnessing in the public sphere in the public sphere today is a devolution of um is that isn't that a word devolved devolution <laughs> i was gonna say sometimes i'm like either he's making up words or <laughs> he has a dictionary that he goes to <laughs> once a week to decide i'm gonna try to work in this new word <laughs> in the <Let's> podcast see. <laughs> see if i can work it in there <laughs> it works <laughs> But I think we're witnessing the devolution of American society here. It is getting crazy out here. As we see the virus evolves, we're we're devolving as a people, which is unbelievable to me. Um, Which I'm glad we'll talk about some of that today as well. But what's been going on in the world of Atlanta? You guys are about to start going back to school too. (laughs) Well, we started here as well and um, some of the cases have, have spiked accordingly. I know from my perspective, I'm like, all right, traffic, I've been kind of spoiled by the lack of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> traffic has gotten a little thicker around here since the opening of schools. But recently we had a missing person. And the only reason I knew about it is because she goes to a school that's in my district. And um, it ended up becoming a, a worldwide, or I should say worldwide, but a um, national search because they found her in texas oh wow yeah yeah and the person who is alleged to have kidnapped her has been arrested but it's it's crazy again school starts and she doesn't make it home and all of a sudden i mean it it was blasting on social media i don't want to say her name just because again she was found and so you know i want to found alive found alive yes thankfully Yes, and returned back here to Atlanta. But to make it all the way, I think they found her in Austin or somewhere in Texas is is so crazy from, you know, coming home from school. But other than that, you know, we do have a mayor. I don't know if you've heard of Mayor Kasim Reed, but he's a former mayor who, after he left, was investigated by the FBI. It's a federal investigation. And now he's running again which is it surprises me he's gotten a lot of um support i've seen some celebrities back on oh you know you know me i'm a reality person um fan <laughs> sadly but one of the housewives of atlanta has been endorsing him and i just don't know what to make of that like okay you've been investigated and, and granted you know no convictions 
but some of his administration did get convicted of, um, you know, just fraud, embezzlement and all that kind of stuff. And so I don't know. I'm just like, like you said, hey, I guess he evolved and maybe he is now a better his, suited person or he devolved. Or his supporters, or his supporters devolved. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, I did want to ask you that since again, you know, I got to bring my reality TV every now and then. So it's watching Real Housewives of, of Beverly Hills and mm. viewers feel free to weigh in. And um, Judge her, of, you mean. viewers feel free to judge her for watching well well, and i'm justifying at least this episode in particular where the housewives is being investigated for embezzlement so we've got some legal uh aspects coming into play um but the question that i have for you is you know if you have a friend that is being investigated for a serious crime and in this case she's um alleged to her and her husband have been alleged to have taken money from settlement for victims and essentially misappropriated, used it for their own benefit. So stealing in, in a high regard with money. But if you know a friend of yours is being investigated for something that not only has making national news, but you know, on the face of it seems pretty great. Like you're stealing from people who don't have, <laughs> and, and now you're showcasing your wealth all over national television. Would you continue to hang out with that man, particularly on the platform? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it depends on what I know of that person. And the truth of the matter is, is that you don't really, really know a person don't know. in most cases. Uh, so I probably would have to be moved by what I know of the person. And I'm sure I would curtail a little of my in, in interactions with them, but I'm not sure that I would completely withdraw and say, hey, I have to disavow you. Unfortunately, it's kind of like the Obama Jeremy Wright thing, Jeremiah Wright thing, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. hey, you got to understand that this thing is going to destroy me if I still still interact with you publicly. You're still my friend. You're still my buddy. I hate that you get caught up. You got caught up in this, uh, but I'm going to pull back in a public eye. Man, listen, if you need me, I'm here for you. But then when it turns out that you actually did it. (laughs) (laughs) Or that he now actually needs you. And then you're like, hey, I can't, I can't, you know, be out there for you right now. And it's funny you brought that up because he mentions that in his book. President Obama mentions that whole situation and having to do that. Having to, and I don't want to call this a vow because that makes it seem like, you know, (laughs) we took marriage vows here. Uh, but but he did say, you know, he, he really felt a kind of way having to do that. It's unfortunate. Now, now the reality is, is that anybody can be investigated for anything. And so as a medical doctor, I've had, you know, a patient who was clearly mentally disturbed, who wrote, <laughs> Been under her, investigation. Own, <laughs> yeah, who, who wrote her own claim against me. She wrote her own claims, filed it at this state and I mean, at the city or how or in the courts, whatever she had to do. And and even just reading the claims, you can tell, okay, this person is not well. <laughs> but the reality is, is that there was an investigation or a claim made against me. And so I think people place a lot of stock in the fact that someone's being investigated for or a claim has been made against them. And then all of a sudden their world falls apart. Yeah, anybody can make a claim. Anybody can initiate an investigation about something. You can have probable cause. What does probable cause mean? You know, I'm sure as a as an attorney, you can probably define that a lot better than I can. But probable cause, I think, is a, is a, is a such a low bar in order to initiate an investigation. I mean, we talk about even with um, with <laughs> with your your buddy Andrew Andy. Andy Cuomo. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't even get all that lie out in one breath. <laughs> Your boy Andy, you know, he actually suggested the investigation go up uh, encouraged uh, for him. It, he encouraged it. Yes, demanded it. And so, <laughs> investigate me. You know, either, you know, he's incredibly arrogant and stupid, or uh, he was convinced that he did no wrong. And, you know, for for the rest of us, we just have to, you know, make our own conclusions about which one that is. And and I know there are there are people who are obviously he stepped down this past week and there are people who are still some of the Democrats 
in his own state are still wanting to proceed with the impeachment. The reason being is because he may wind up doing like this other former mayor you said who was investigated is starting to run again and may still have a lot of support. And so people want to try to disable some of the um, support that he he may have or some of that can't support. You know what I call can, you know, just put it, yeah. put it away for a little <laughs> bit later and you bring it out when you need it. Oh man, it sounds like insanity because every time, like when you saying that whole thing, it just reminds me of Trump all over again. Like, oh, he could run again, and the supporters are encouraging him. It's it's interesting though that we talk about evolving, and Governor Cuomo made it clear that hey, I have not evolved when it comes to sexual <laughs> harassment <laughs> and what that means. And so, what I have done in the past should be considered okay because I wasn't investigated or wasn't, um, I guess, liable in the past for that behavior. And and I, I just want to make it clear that we're not talking about you hugging someone as a greeting or, or doing the little kisses on the air kisses on the cheeks or, or I mean he's he's making it sound like that's what it's about but some of these allegations and again these are at least 11 women based on the report that was submitted were saying you know he put his hand down her shirt and grabbed her breast um, he was grabbing her butt in front of other people and didn't say anything one was a trooper that she said, hey, I wasn't qualified for this position. He ensured that I got the position. And in fact, there was a joke that, oh, you know, it went from three to two years just so you can get here. And as she's now his, I guess, detail, he is rubbing his hand down her back and and just making sexually suggestive comments. I mean, that that to me is where I think Cuomo is, again, either, to your point, in denial <laughs> or he continues to miss the boat that, no, it has always been wrong. It's kind of like blackface. It's always been wrong. But just because these are marginalized people who haven't felt the courage to stand up and fight back for a period of time, it has been um, gone unrecognized or tolerated. Now, I have some women friends who are pretty skeptical of some of these allegations, uh, allegations for against people like Bill Cosby, against Andrew Cuomo, against even Harvey Weinstein, uh, because and here's and here's the reason why. And, and I don't know from an employment law standpoint, if you have a duty to say something or if you have a duty to report it. And if there is a distinction then between what can be considered an employment law violation or offense uh, versus what would be considered a civil offense, do you still have this have the same criteria to meet? Uh, their criticisms are based on the fact that they said these women, some of them will have likely in all likelihood utilize their sexuality to get to garner favor. And now, now years later, you know, after they've already climbed the ladder, and I'm not, and I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not disparaging any of these women. I'm just relaying some of the thoughts that <laughs> other you're women. You're the messenger that we're I'm about to messenger. shoot down. <laughs> I am the messenger. But <laughs> this is what down. <laughs> this Prepare is what I've heard yourself. from other women, and 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 I'm sure other women will be vocal about going out and saying this as well. But they're saying, but now after they've reaped the fruit of it, then they come back and act like they were they they were not a party to it and that they didn't utilize it to their advantage. What say you? Well, there's a couple of things that you said, and I just want to make sure you we clear it up a little bit. There's a difference between civil and criminal. So when you talk about employment law, you are talking about civil. And if you're talking about harassment what and whether there's a duty, that's going to depend on what your employer's policy say. So legally, if there's no policy talking about a, du a duty, legally, there isn't a duty per se for someone who sees harassment or even someone who is, in, who is you know, subject to harassment to report it. Now, if there is a policy in place, then there is a duty as an employee to then report it to internally to HR, to your manager or whatever, whatever your policy says. And it kind of goes through the complaint and investigation process from there. <clears throat> but either way, and this is something that has come up um, a lot, there's a difference between harassment and assault. And so a lot of people have been asking, oh, okay, well, you know, is there a criminal 
aspect to this. And so I, I know the attorney general said at the time she wasn't looking into <laughs> criminal charges, but she did, or at least the report made it seem like there could be evidence or probable cause, as you like to say, <laughs> that uh, could raise a, a, a case for sexual assault, at least by one or two of the, the victims that spoke out during the investigation. Now, you know, having said that, if you're talking about a harassment, you're talking about quid pro quo, or you're talking about a severe and pervasive environment. So with the quid pro quo, which is, I think, is what you're saying, some of these women, <laughs> women I'm putting that in quotes because Mark <laughs> is trying to make it seem like it's not his opinion. <laughs> some of these women are saying, hey, you invited this quid pro quo type of relationship, and now you're saying that it was actually unwelcome. And, and it does need to be unwelcome conduct. But I will still make the argument, though, at least in the employment setting, um, and I think this is why Clinton got in trouble. If you are engaging in sexual favors for the purpose of or at least allowing for then employment advances, to me, whether that is um, unwelcomed or not, you're going to be in trouble. Because the reality is the woman is going to argue, I didn't want to do it, but I wanted to advance in my career. And, and whether the guy says, well, I mean, she never said I didn't want to. At the same time, if you know or you're taking advantage of the fact that you're in a position to give her more, I guess, um, advancement in her profession, that will be used against you. And that's why a lot of times some of these companies or um, employers will have no you know, relationships in the workplace. And the minute they find out there's particularly a supervisor and subordinate relationship, they'll terminate and they'll have a policy saying you cannot do that. Um, and, and if they do have, um, if they do permit it, they require you to report that that relationship is happening. So, so New York, the state of New York clearly had a policy <laughs> and none of these women reported. So exercise their duty to report. Which so, isn't true. Which isn't true. At least according to the investigation, um, one of the women did report it to either the chief of staff or someone high up. And one. what they did was at least one. I don't, don't want to. I, I just count, know at least one. But we're counting eleven against him. But we're <laughs> we counting are, eleven. We, we count always, 11. yeah, we always refer to the eleven. But Although we got it only one takes one, report. right? It only takes one to report it, though, right? Well, what was the, what was her complaint? Which is the question. And, and uh, from from what I can recall in the report, she reported that he made um, inappropriate comments, and she felt like she he touched her inappropriately. Um, or at least she felt uncomfortable. And that was and, the one that when she touched, when he touched her on the back or something like that, I think is what it was. Okay. It was. I can't, I said, don't, I don't want to quote, I can't recall. But I just yeah. remember there was a report because what I was appalled by is the chief of staff essentially saying, well, you know, why don't we put her, her in another department and essentially moved her. Uh, so that she didn't have any close proximity to the governor, which, you know, that could have been perceived as a demotion. I mean, you, I, I mean, I'm not as into politics or I don't, I'm not sure what the levels are, but to work closely to the politician, I mean, that could be considered one of those appointed chief positions. And so that, that could have been considered a motion. But, but again, he, the, the chief of staff was supposed to, again, under New York law, at least according to the investigation, was supposed to do more, you know, report that even higher up so that the governor can be investigated. And yet the chief of staff didn't do it. But yes, that was just one report. So, I mean, it, and that's why I think to to your point with this investigation, you know, I don't think the attorney general is is going to felony criminal, but she is saying, hey, all 10, 11 of you, you got free reign to file your own civil charges. And, and the way these things work is at least supposed to work. The court is only supposed to look at your particular situation. But now, of course, um, how other people are treated, you're going to use that to refute any credibility that the other person or accused is going to say in terms of, I would never do that. And you're going to just parade all the 10 other people that says otherwise. All right. 
Well, again, so it's it's still we'll we'll find out how evolution or devolution. <laughs> well, <laughs> now, I have heard case. that he, he is being sued. I have heard someone is um, considering a lawsuit. I don't oh. know if it's the one that did report it in, internally, but I have heard, and I think that may be one of the reasons why he resigned. But now, and, and one thing you said, he he said fourteen days, so I think he's technically still in office, and so he hasn't resigned just yet. He just announced an intent to resign within fourteen days. But then, what do you? think about that you know do you if if you feel like you did not do anything wrong do you think he should have stayed in position or do you think it's enough of a distraction that he should remove himself i think certainly if you're no longer going to be effective and you're causing a dis and your presence is causing a disruption in this state um <clears throat> then i think you almost have a duty to re to resign whether almost or not you <laughs> Almost have a duty. Don't uh, protect the rights of men as what some of these. You know, you do know. it from afar. Do it from afar. Still Look at you. Vindicate, your, vindicate yourself however you have to. Uh, for me, I, it's a tough situation. I don't know if if knowing that I did nothing wrong, um, someone brought accusations against me and multiple people brought those and it was starting to impact my favorability in a public office. Eh, I might still fight it knowing, knowing the type <laughs> of person that I am, <laughs> especially knowing if I didn't do any of this stuff, I, I would say, probably I can see it. you still fighting it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably still fight it. But, but I mean, you if know, it got I, to the point where I just couldn't get anything done because of it, I'm saying, listen, this is I have to care more about the people that I'm supposed to represent and trying to get some things done for them rather than caring about my own reputation. Did you watch his initial speech before the resignation fee, the, the speech he put out after the, the investigation report came out? I don't think I saw the uh, the whole thing, the one where he showed all the pictures of yes. the you know I, him yeah, hugging and kissing men and you know men and women and, and gay and LGBTQ as he likes to say. I, I still want you're a male. I still want to get your thoughts on this because I do think again this isn't just about greetings as he tried to put in this video, but at the same time, I mean it, it, I do think men need to understand. Listen, and, and not men. People need to understand that if it's unwelcome, it's unwelcome. And you just intuitively imposing um, your body on someone, whether it's to hug or embrace, I mean, or to kiss, it, you know, that might, it, it might be time to evolve as a nation and change on, on even something like that. What do you think? Well, part of the issue is that we are a nation of many cultures. And so different cultures greet people differently. If I extend my hand to a woman of Middle Eastern descent, to some degree, that's offensive and that's unwelcomed as well. And I have no intention of doing that. But within my culture, <laughs> this is a norm. And, you know, I can see uh, Governor Cuomo. If Governor Cuomo greeted me with a kiss on the cheek, I'd feel that was unwelcome. Uh, I don't think that the, his intent behind it would have been sexual in nature. Uh, I would hope that it wouldn't have been, uh, but but I'd have to also recognize this is a cultural thing for him. And unless I explain to him that this is not culturally acceptable to me, then he has no way of understanding that. Now, I don't think that if I extend my hand to a Middle Eastern woman to shake her hand, if I'm not aware of that and she doesn't, and no one educates me about how this behavior is offensive in your culture, um, then I don't know that I should be held accountable for that. You know, don't say, well, you offended my wife. I'm going to behead you or whatever, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I've extended my hand to your wife. I'm sorry. I didn't know that about your family. You tell me about it. Then I understand you, you, and, and I'm not using this as an, a justification for Andrew Cuomo, because there are some things that he should have already known, but the mere fact that he, and I'm not saying that his justification was, was adequate, but the pictures that he's showing him hugging and kissing men, that would, you know, I thought that was a powerful illustration, at least to say. <laughs> you as a guy was impressed. <laughs> I was, I was impressed because I was like, yeah, that would make me feel uncomfortable. <clears throat> But and, and I guess part of it to me, and, and maybe this is what all men need to under or I should say all men, all people need to understand. Because again, if it's a woman going up to a guy and embracing and kissing, 
kiss on the cheek, lips, or whatever, <clears throat> or any of that stuff, even that you may think it's, oh, I mean, that was okay. It, it may not have been okay. But again, I think people are just using their voice to say, no, ask me or no, you know, you don't know. To your point, my culture, you don't know if that's okay. So why don't you ask if that's okay before you impose your own culture um, on that other person? But when you want our politician, and I think you should know what the fact that you are among people, specifically in New York, you are among people of various degrees of culture. And at least one of the people he knew was a sexual assault victim. And again, if you don't know then what that means, you ask. You don't impose yourself on her or impose your culture on her and then throw your hands in the air and say, I've done that to the Clintons of the world too. It's not relevant who else you've done it to. It's unwelcome and it is um, an invasion of their space. And, and if they classify that as, you know, it repeatedly happened over again and that became so severe and pervasive, and a reasonable person, I just want to emphasize that, it's not about whether your intent is to make a come on or whether your intent is to lead to a sexual experience. Your intent necessarily isn't important if reasonable people would say, no, that was inappropriate, that was unwelcome conduct, and that was severe and pervasive to which you are now you know, putting the company in position of liability. But can you consider it severe and pervasive if there's never any correct, corrective effort made or no, no type of reprimand or type of uh, admonishment given that this is inappropriate? Yeah, I mean, first of all, if, if there is no reprimand, that's the kind of key, like, hey, the company accepted this because they never reprimanded him for it. So, I mean, that, that will definitely bolster the, and I'll put quote unquote, because it's alleged, the alleged victim's um, point. Now, I do, I do understand your point about reporting it or saying something so that, you know, you at least give the company an opportunity to take corrective action. But the fact that you don't does not mean that the company or the individual, because there are some states where you can sue them, sue them individually, not just the company for harassment, that may not fly that, oh, well, they didn't give me an opportunity to correct. Right. Well, we and have I would a argue who- with Cuomo saying, no, Cuomo, you are a politician. You, you can't make this argument that, hey, it was okay because my dad and mom did it. Uh, that's not right. Well, the other part is that you participated in that. You signed the law into, into, <laughs> into law. So there's no defense of that, really. That, that makes it hard to do. Uh, but we have a viewer who said, as a society, we need to stop victim shaming when claims are made against powerful people. And I agree with that. I agree that we need to stop victim shaming. But by the same token, I think we need to, at this point, moving forward, women need to understand that they do have power. And, and I think they do. They clearly understand that they've got power to be able to bring a man down no matter how powerful he is with an allegation. Uh, Moving forward, I don't think that there is an excuse for a woman not making known that an advance made by a powerful man is inappropriate to him. She has every right, she has every authority, and she knows that she has the power to speak out against that today. I don't care if the president of the United States (laughs) came and grabbed you on your butt. You've got the right and the power, and now I believe the responsibility or obligation to say something. That is inappropriate, and I'm asking that you don't do that ever again. Well, and I I can only say I hope it's true, because again, at least one person did report it, and was essentially brushed aside. And so, you know, and I do still think that that happens because again, we've got 11 people that are saying, hey, this was a pattern. And so to me, there are people that saw it and that I think even in the investigation, several people corroborated some of the stories that these witnesses said and none of them or either reported it or they did say something and it did not receive the level of corrective action that it should have. And, and once you become that person, and I and I and it's so unfortunate, and you but you can look at um, I think her name is Gretchen or Carlson. I want to say back in Fox, or even a Monica Lewinsky. Once you become the person that reported sexual harassment against a powerful figure, that is going to taint your career. It's so unfortunate. You you see with the Harvey Weinstein, that's what some of the people were saying was like, you know, I, I did say something and it became to blackball me. Um, and whether you get the appropriate justice or um, remedy that you seek it does to some degree and it's so unfortunate i hope we change that 
but that I'm just saying I did <clears throat> feel for why people may still become hesitant. I don't I don't it. buy it. I don't buy it. And here's the reason why. Being a Christian sometimes can taint your career. Is that going to stop you from being a Christian? Uh, are you going to be quiet because, you know, I know that I may no longer. Well, then you've esteemed your career above your Christianity. And if you're going to esteem your career above your own self-worth and self-dignity, then then you should suffer the consequences that, that come along with that. I think that you don't that women going forward not only have an obligation and a, and a responsibility and liberty to report these things, but you also have to follow through on it. What actions are you taking to ensure it? Speak to your human resource director, report it. What actions will be taken to ensure that this doesn't happen to me again? And, and, and hold the res human resource person accountable. Uh, for some follow up and for some some ad, 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 admonition um, of some type of corrective action. If you don't do that, then you don't have anything to complain about right now today because <laughs> I, <laughs> it's, oh, I mean, it's, it's, these are the, the opinions of Dr. Mark Williams. <laughs> these are the opinions. I could listen. I had I had much more latitude and much more grace in the past. But this is, I think somebody else had uh, a comment on the page that said, the future is female, and it is. Women, you are empowered today, more than you have ever been empowered before in the past. And to continue to use this excuse that now I, I was afraid that I would be blackballed if some if I if I reported. You know that that's not based true. on a history though of the, people today, being blackballed. What is the recent? What about the recent history? The recent history says that if you make an allegation, that's all it takes is an allegation, and you can destroy a man's life. And you know the truth of the matter is you got a lot of power in your hand if you choose not to use that power to uphold yourself and to defend your own dignity. Guess whose fault that is? Well, I mean, it's like eleven people making allegations for Cuomo to finally say, "All right, I'm some of back these off. Were, some of these may have been in the <laughs> <gonna> past. <laughs> some of these may have been in the distant past. I'm saying from this day forward, what's the date? August the look at the distant past. <laughs> August 14th, forward, every woman who hears my voice right now, know that you got the power to make sure that that type of behavior never happens to you in the future. And you know, you got that power. And I hope that you all would believe and exercise that. I hope you have enough dignity, uh, enough concern for your own self-dignity so that you will not allow that to happen. You have a voice and that voice and will be heard. Not allow that to happen. You will, that, you, that you would do something when it happens. Not allow me. You know, if someone no, no, allow it to you, continue it to happen. I'm sorry. Allow it to continue <laughs> to happen. To continue I'm to happen. I'm going to put the ownership on men. As, I mean, as well as anyone who feels emboldened to disrespect or to invade someone's um, privacy area. I'm gonna put the ownership on you guys. You need to do better. Cause again, Cuomo's video, this whole idea that, well, it's been done in the past. Why now am I being um, shamed for it or being held accountable for it enough? Okay, we're according to you, we are saying this type of conduct is not tolerated. We are saying it now. So if men, if you guys are continuing to do it, then one, I'm gonna say Dr. Williams, you see that we're not, allowing it to continue men are continuing to do it despite us saying this type of behavior is wrong um but two i mean i i don't like this idea that hey it's the ownership of women to help the rights of women no i mean it, it's like telling the the oppressed oppressor hey you're the one that's got to make your situation better no i'm being oppressed unless the who person that is know, oppressing me is going to, to do better i'm going to better to understand the extent and the circumstances of your oppression than the oppressed the oppressor often views their oppression as non-oppressive but the oppressor is the one who is the one who is qualified to say this is offensive to me I there are little, there are a lot of things you that, said yourself. Uh, if Andrew Cuomo were to kiss you, you'd be like, "Hey, hey!" So then, exactly. why all of a sudden? So he, all the women are the ones that need to say it. Let me say it this way: If on that, <laughs> if on that situation, he's the oppressor, 
he doesn't believe it to be oppressive unless I say to him, hey, this is inappropriate and this is oppressive or offensive. And I and I get it because you said it before that you don't think that it should be the onus on black people to educate white people. But if white people don't understand what they do that's offensive, then how will they ever be able to avoid doing it? So here, if men don't, is choosing not to understand. You it, do a video you don't saying, "I know what he's I, choosing." Did you, you not watch so this video? So now you're in his head. Now you're in I his head. I watched the video. The video is my parents do it. I did not do anything wrong. We he this was made after he received the report of women saying, "No, this is wrong," and he is still saying, "No, I didn't do anything wrong." So he's choosing not to be educated. No, he he never said I didn't do anything wrong. He said I did some things that that offended some women and that hurt some women. For that I am Which deeply he did sorry. Not qualify as he wrong. said no, he said for that I am deeply sorry. He did at, at one word but he didn't I can't qualify remember. It as wrong. Oh, he, he did didn't qualify. qualify as wrong he did qualify he it. it. Because Not he said wrong. some words, when I heard him say that, I was like, wow, he basically just admitted that he inappropriately <laughs> touched women. And then he justified it by saying, it was not my intention for it to be perceived that way, but it was received that way. And for that, I'm deeply sorry for that. I never, you know, he said, that's I that's hurt like some the, people. I am sorry that you were offended by what I did. That is he, not an apology. That is why not is that an not an apology? Because you need to be sorry that you did something wrong, not that I was offended by what you did. You if did you weren't something offended, wrong. Whether I'm if offended you or not, offended. it's not relevant. Whether I'm offended or not, it's not relevant. Your actions were wrong. Listen, wrong, wrong is a matter of perception, first of all. So I can touch, <laughs> I can touch one woman on the listen, I can touch one woman on the butt, and she may not feel that it's wrong because she may not be offended but by I'm it. But I'm telling you, but if I touch enough, but wait a minute, if <laughs> I touch an, so if I go touch my wife on the butt and she, she's like, it's not wrong. You, you know, know she's not welcome. offended by it. She's, you know it that that's welcome. That's it not may or situation. may not be welcome. These it may or staff. may not be welcome. Mark, these are his staff. These are not Listen, personal, it's wrong. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you that wrong is wrong. I get, I agree with that. But the point is, is that wrong is not always offensive. And, and the point is, is that, and sometimes wrong is even welcomed. You know, it's still wrong, <laughs> but it's still wrong. And so unless you, and the issue is in and employment, if you're you should still apologize in employment relationships. The, 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 the criteria and the standard is unwelcomed interactions, unwelcome, uninvited. And so that's the standard right there. And if it's unwelcome, it is your responsibility to make sure that it's clear if I unintentionally or even intentionally do something that is unwelcomed, whether it's wrong, right, or whatever, it's your responsibility to do it. I will I will concur with you that the onus is on men to also make sure that we avoid doing these things and that we think before we act on some of these things. But by the same token, I will not absolve women of their responsibility to report this thing because as Andrew Cuomo cannot use the past to say, well, based on the past, this was acceptable. Well, women can't use based on the past. You know, this was what was happening to me in the past because the past is no longer the present and, and certainly isn't the future. Today, it doesn't predict again, what the future. I'm going to keep bringing up how the girl said she afforded it and they moved her. They did okay. not do so what was correct. I didn't say, I, did, I said it, two it things. could have hurt her career. I said two things. You have a duty to report it. And you also have a responsibility, I think, to, to for yourself, to yourself, to make sure that some corrective action is taken. And you have the ability, you have the authority, you have the liberty to ask, are you taking, has some corrective action been taken on this? And to ensure that it doesn't happen again in this workplace. Women have power. And, and I'm tired of women being victimized by themselves, <laughs> by saying, by saying, we don't have the power. You do have power. Look at what these men's lives who have been destroyed because of allegations. No proof, but just allegations. And your who, proof. Who, then, tell me, whose life has been destroyed simply based on allegations with no proof? Harvey Weinstein. Hey, there were, did you not well, see the videotape? Well, I mean, let me take it back. Let me take it back. I spoke too soon. I spoke too soon. I spoke too soon. Bill Cosby. Corroborate. Bill Cosby. 
He did a deposition that was that was the proof. Bill the Cosby. Did you know what deposition? He, the he deposition to, that was under 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 coercion, or at least but it under. Was still pro- you said no. Oh proof. no 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 no. Still that, that is not now, proof. Whether that was admissible in court is a whole different conversation. Proof. It is not proof that, that he proof. did it. It is not proof that he no, did it's, it. It's proof that he and that he his deposition. With, with but exactly, he it's proof that Which he admitted <laughs> to taking. No, 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 no. His admission. Is wrong. His admission was that he took drugs with other people, and during times of sexual encounters, it was not that he unknowingly drugged them. Read the deposition. Read he did the deposition. Not, he said, "I have given <clears throat> women quaaludes. I have given women quaaludes, but it was not." He did not say that he did. He gave it to them unknowingly. They knew that they took the quaaludes. Given, given the quaaludes is wrong. That's one because it, you're removing their ability to consent to anything subsequent. Wait a minute. To that if, if you ask me for a quaalude, or if that I say, "Would you like to take?" If sir. you were like, it was not in the deposition. <laughs> it was also not in the deposition that he gave it to them unwittingly. Now, please believe if he did say because they asked, that attorney would have said, um. Why did you give it to them? Oh, they asked me for quaaludes. That well, would have been in there. But but even well, why was why was the, why even, was the, why was the that, inquiry about whether they were knowledgeable of the fact that he was giving it to them? Why was that not in there? That was in there. That, 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 not unwittingly. I mean, that he, he unwittingly that they well, unwittingly said, took quaaludes from him. He said he never said that they willingly took quaaludes. One, he never said that. He never, never said, said that they that unwittingly. They he never so, said that they so unwittingly what? dick it either. But to me, I would make sure it's clear that they willingly took Quaaludes. No, the reason, let me tell you the reason why that, that didn't did happen. Willing, I will tell, tell you the reason why it didn't happen. But I'm also saying, put it inside that. When you have multiple women, that is proof too. And, mo- and these multiple women are saying the same story. That's also proof, Mark. So again, name me a person okay. who did not have proof and yet their career was destroyed. Name me yeah. someone. Yeah, okay. There's okay. not a yeah, okay. I mean, if <laughs> okay. you have 20 okay. women parading, 20 saying, women, yeah, you, you can get 20 me. women to, to, you can get 20 people to attest to anything with the, and I'm not, they, and I'm not saying this, <laughs> I'm not saying this to disparage these women or anything, but I'm saying right. you can get 20, you can get 20 right now. If you pay them enough money, you can get 20 women to go out and say that I sexually harassed them. But I'm saying you're not going to get 20. Uh, to me, a perfect example, I'm, the Supreme Court I'm Justice Kavanaugh. So, so, that's a perfect example. One allegation, and yet, is he not still the Supreme Court Justice? That's fine. One so, allegation. According to you, one allegation is all it takes. It all bo- all and boils, that one allegation does not down hinder to, his career. It, it didn't matter about where it, it did hinder his career. You better no, believe didn't. that. He's, he's the Supreme Court Justice, as we see. He still, a, he a still have position. been impacted. There is not a person who not has not been. his career. It did, you okay. said so one let's allegation not say dist- destroy his career. It can destroy. It can destroy a career. But I'm saying, give me One allegation can destroy a career. And so so the the issue is is that the bottom line is women still have power and you know, the power of your allegation is tremendous at this point whether it destroys a career whether it destroys a relationship whether it destroys a reputation whatever it destroys that one allegation has incredible power and for women to believe that they don't have the power that's a that's 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 a myth at this point because you do have the power and i think if you got that kind of power you have the responsibility and obligation to protect yourself now, I do want to, because I know we got 10 minutes, and I did want to talk about going to school with um, kids not wearing, <laughs> not wearing masks. Well, only because, again, people are going back to school. You're the doctor. I mean, do you tell, you got, you know, governors saying schools can't force a mask mandate. You also, I think in Florida, four, four teachers died of COVID since yeah. the opening of schools. I mean, what what was your thoughts on this? And I only Atlanta, I want to bring it up because again, people are taking their kids back to school, so I know they're looking for your expertise here. So I think in Atlanta, there's been 700 some odd students who have tested positive or something like that after being in school for a week. Um, <laughs> I don't know. My county, Williamson County, uh, made national news because we had some idiots down here acting a fool uh protesting the the school board's decision to do a temporary mask mandate and so it looked like they were getting quite hostile 
and almost threatening, telling people, we know who you are. We know who you are and blocking them from leaving, you know, driving out. It's it's just maddening at this point that um, students aren't. Uh, first of all, school boards are not allowed to enact rules that they think that are appropriate for their region and for their locality. Uh, the, I think it's ironic that governors who don't want the federal government imposing restrictions on them will also impose restrictions on local municipalities that uh, or municipalities that that restrict them from being able to do what's in the best interest of their local citizen. I think that's nonsense. Um, the big issue, and there was there was actually I wanted to play a video because it's been going uh, pretty viral here lately, and and I think it's it's a little misleading because one of the doctors on this uh, video made a comment. He, he looked really impressive. And, you know, the reality is, is that you can sound impressive. You can look impressive. You can use your credentials um, to to sound impressive and to impress a lot of uh, people who really. And I don't want to sound condescending, but who who are not trained to critically evaluate data. And when you're not trained to critically evaluate data, you just don't know what to believe when someone who sounds and looks official and who has um, great credentials make allegations that are not, I won't say that they're not factual because some of these things are factual. The key thing is, is uh, for me is what additional information are you then adding to this or leaving from it? Um, so anyhow, this guy, this this doctor, and I wish I could pull up the video so that I could dispute some of the points uh, that he makes point by point, but I won't be able to do that. I can't locate it really quickly here. <clears throat> but in any case, this, this doctor stands up there with a nicely pressed shirt and suspenders on. He sounds very intelligent, and he starts talking about the, vir the size of viral particles and how masks do not prevent the escape of viral particles uh, through them. That's true. But the point is, is not whether or not the mask stops the virus from going through the mask. The question is, do the mask reduce the spread of infection? And the answer to that is a resounding, yes, they do. And in fact, I think Duke just recently uh, released some data where they looked at a million students across the North Carolina area, and they looked at the if the efficacy of mask use reducing the um, the spread of disease, and it was basically about one percent. Uh, so students who had COVID were likely one uh, percent likely or there was a one percent chance that it would be spread to other students as opposed to without the mask it was something a, clo a closer like 20 percent or something so it was a, a multi-fold reduction in the ability of the disease to spread and that's the question that we really want to get at is that do mask use prevent the spread of disease the answer is absolutely yes the other question is, is people always talk about, well, vaccination, people who have the vaccine, they're actually getting infected too. the vaccine. And, and some of the doctors, I've seen some videos where the doctors say that the, the, um, the vaccine won't stop you from getting infected. The vaccine won't stop you from spreading the disease. Getting the vaccine will not get us out of the vax out of the pandemic. All of those statements are true, but when they're presented in a one-sided manner, then uh, you don't have the benefit of balance there to put it in perspective. And so then you're advancing an agenda that is a little skewed to people who are looking at you and saying, wow, I didn't see all of this. So let's, let's look at each one of those individually. Uh, people who have the vaccine still get infected. Yes, they do. But it's only about 15% of those people that do get infected. 15, 20% of the people with the vaccination get infected. So the vaccine, no, it does not stop you from getting infected. It does significantly reduce your chances of getting it. And if you significantly reduce the chances of getting it, you significantly reduce the transmission of it. Second, the vaccine, um, 
the the main purpose and the main benefit of the vaccine of any vaccine is not to prevent viral infection, but to prevent the side effects or the the consequences, the sequela of it, the hospitalizations and the death from it, as particularly as it relates to coronavirus. Ninety nine percent of the ninety nine plus percent of the people who are dying from COVID right now are unvaccinated. In my hospital, our ICU is filled, or at least one of the ICUs, 16 beds filled, all with COVID patients. 100% of them have not been vaccinated. We've got other people on the floor who are just waiting for a room in the ICU because that's where they're going to go next. And guess what? That's just going to continue to get worse. Uh, 95, I think, plus percent of the people who are in the hospital now are unvaccinated. And what does that mean? It means that, you know, the vaccine is remarkably doing what it's supposed to do, prevent hospitalizations and prevent uh, deaths from it. Do some people, is it 100% effective? No. And so that's the, the argument, the false flag argument that people use to say that people are still dying with the vaccine. Well, yes, they are. But, you know, 0.5% of the people that are dying right now are dying who are vaccinated, are the people who are vaccinated. The other thing, uh, you having a vaccination, getting a vaccine will not end the pandemic. You're absolutely right about that. I think Dr. Robert Malone, I think I saw a video who who's involved in some of the uh, early stages of RNA vaccination. So they took something that he said and they ran with it and they said, well, you know, vaccination, you can't vaccinate your way out of this pandemic. No, you can't not. And he kept saying that he qualified it. He said out of the teeth of the pandemic, which means that right now it's out of control. The Delta virus is out of control. Vaccinations today is not going to stop the 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 um, the spread of the Delta virus. But what would have potentially have certainly slowed it down and maybe even quelled it if when we only had a few cases of the Delta virus, people went out and got vaccinated fully to the extent and capacity that we could vaccinate them. We predicted that the scientists predicted that this Delta variant is going to overtake the country and no one still went and got their vaccination. People still were hesitant to get the vaccination. And now guess what's happening? Delta virus is overtaking it. So no, getting a vaccine right now is not going to end the pandemic. What, but what he, he was correct in saying that, but what he didn't mention was that we would never be in the situation where we are right now if we had gotten the vaccine before the Delta variant became so prevalent. Uh, the other thing that he neglected to say is that what will get us out of the pandemic is slowing down the transmission of the virus. How do you slow down the transmission of the virus? Wearing masks, social distancing, hand washing, avoid and touching your face. Those are the things that will help to get us out of it. But he left that curiously out. And so we, we get into the situation where we've got a lot of people who are supposed authorities and who are medical experts or at least medical physicians making claims and and assertions that are one-sided, that if you had the counter argument to it, I encourage any person who watches one of these videos to, to, to if you don't see somebody who offers the counter position to it, disregard what they're saying. I hear hear what they're saying, but don't be don't be persuaded by it. Find somebody who has who can at least offer the counter argument to it. Because without the counter argument to it, the argument is really is biased and we don't want to make a public policy decisions based off of biased data we have to be able to have all of the information in front of us um that the, the same video uh, there was another video that circulated about a, a another doctor i think he was a doctor talking before the school board and he he criticizes the school board for making decisions based off of not having science. Well, first of all, the science about the math, about the mask use is there. But later on, he goes in, he postulates, he said, well, have you considered what the psychological impact is on our children and their ability to learn while they're wearing masks and everything? Very valid question, very valid question. Mm -hmm. And there should be some studies to be to evaluate what is the impact of mask use on children. But 
I can guarantee you right now that the the impact of that is not as imminent as the impact of the Delta virus continuing to spread throughout this country. So yes, we should do studies to find out what is the impact of psychosocial uh, and or the physiologic impact of mask use. Uh, but curiously, he never really presented any data that shows that there is an impact on it. And so, but he, he eloquently criticized the the school board for not having data on the the benefit of mask use and the school board actually now do have uh we do actually have data out there that shows that mask use is effective in reducing the spread of infection and that needs to be our primary concern right now we have to prevent the spread of the infection and we also have to prevent the number of hospitalizations and death uh, caused by the infection. How do we do that? By wearing masks and by getting vaccinated, respectively. Well, and, and we'll, I guess, end on this, but I'm, I'm kind of curious, since you're a parent, because I recognize, hey, all parents are going to make whatever decision they feel like is in their best, at least I hope so, I shouldn't say all, but I hope parents are making decisions that they feel is in the best interest of the, the children. But as you're seeing that these cases are continuing to rise, you see that children, for the most part, are not eligible for vaccinations, although I, I know that's changing soon. Um, what as the parent are you, are you like I'm still sending them my kid just with a mask or are you somehow waiting for a certain point where you might be like all right I don't think it's to her benefit to continue to go to school so children under the age of 12 are, 12 are not eligible so 12 to 18 are eligible for vaccination so I encourage I my daughter went and got her first vaccination this past week or a week or so ago um, I do think that I do find that it is safe. Uh, there are reports of some adverse reactions, particularly I think with children, they're really talking about the myocarditis, uh, particularly that impacts, that's the higher risk in, um, in males under the age of 30. But that turns out to be something like, um, I wanna say it's like four in a million or something like that, four people out of a million people who get it may have some myocarditis. Any drug or any medication that we take, you're going to have some adverse, somebody's going to have an adverse reaction to it. There's no question about it. But the point is, is that the benefits far outweigh the risk. There are risks to getting COVID infection. And those risks are becoming, particularly with the Delta virus, they are becoming uh, more prevalent and more impactful for children. We're starting to, I, I just was told about another 18 year old uh, just recently hospitalized a friend of mine whose cousin, who's um, 18 years old, intubated in the hospital for COVID. We've got stories about 10, uh, it's starting to impact those children that are two years and younger, and they're having much greater, severe, much more severe uh, consequences because of COVID. When you're a two-year-old, your airway, first of all, is not very big in the first place. Um, and so any amount of airway irritation and inflammation can have some pretty devastating and rapidly on um, setting uh, consequences for you. So, and, and on top of that, a lot of the hospital pediatric ICUs, guess what? They're full. Cool. They are at capacity. Why? Not just because of COVID overtaking, but COVID is taking up more beds than it has with this Delta variant. It's taking up more beds than it did with the Alpha, the earlier variants, which means that it's evolving to impact children more uh, readily and more severely. It's evolving to be more infectious and more virulent or pathogenic in this country. And guess what? This It's not going to just stop with the Delta variant. These viruses, the more they persist in a community, the more the longer they live in a community, the more they are transmitted amongst people, the more opportunity they have to mutate. And I saw one video where the where the doctor was saying, well, you know, having the vaccine, having the vaccine, you know, allows the the virus to mutate even more. That's wrong. That's flat out wrong. Having an infection gives the virus enough time to mutate. And eventually these mutations will render the virus immune to our vaccinations. 
and more infectious and more pathogenic and potentially more deadly. Uh, so right now we're talking about the Delta variant, variant, what happens when the Epsilon or what other, whatever Greek letter comes next, uh, when that variant comes about. If we don't take corrective action now, we are just basically inviting the potential for worse outcomes for ourselves as a nation. Well, on the note, because I know we'll be talking about this more. In the meantime, I hope you guys check out some of the previous videos we posted here on Facebook. In the meantime, we will see you next Saturday right here on Facebook, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. This has been another episode of the Roundtable Consult. Listen to this or other episodes at your convenience on your favorite podcast directory or listening app. Or catch us live every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern at facebook.com forward slash roundtable consult. Tune in live and join the conversation.